Disney Desk, you're the only podcast I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into content. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Disney desks in the world, you're the Disney deskiest. Wow. Yeah, I kind of lost it at the end there. That that no. started to taste like rocks in my mouth. No, no, no. I thought that was I thought that was good, but it was just a thinker, you know. I had to reflect on that one. That's th- this special has a lot of heavy quotage. Yes, this one like. I, I I will say, out of all of them, this one just steals the show in terms of, like, iconic quotes. It does, um, yeah. I do want it on record. My original plan was to do Linus's whole um, Bible verse. I was going oh, to say, God. lights, please. But then I'm like, I had to change so many words in this. And yeah. you know me. Historically, I'm very cautious about sort of challenging the power of any god or deity, whether it be a monotheistic right. god or a part of a pantheon. Like, like I've read, like I've read what happened to Odysseus when he started shit talking Poseidon on the way home, and like I, like I saw what happened to that one giant who was like, oh, "I'm gonna steal Thor's hammer, and then and then Freya's gonna have to marry me. It's gonna be so funny." Yeah, that didn't end well for him. So in general, I just take a policy of don't challenge anyone's pantheons or religious like d- I figures. See. And so that if is they don't what, take kind to it. Yeah, that's the, your reason for not going with. Uh, your other option not just because it probably wouldn't work yes also it just would have been rough yeah okay (laughs) and it would have made this episode like 10 extra minutes for no reason right well and with that here we are welcome everyone um welcome to podmas back to the 12 days of podmas today we're talking about a charlie brown christmas to continue with our charlie brown appreciation series yes um we made a point to make most of our Podmas content Disney-specific, but we decided to make this the one exception because we kind of agreed in advance we really wanted to do the big three Charlie Brown holiday specials all together. Exactly. So that means that uh, we are thrilled, honestly, to be covering this because we love Charlie Brown, as you probably can tell by now. Uh, oh, we're, yeah. We're big fans of Charlie Brown and the Peanuts, and so it was, you know, it was no difficult task uh, oh yes. coming to this, and I would say I'm a little sad we're wrapping up. Like it's kind of sad yeah. that we're finishing up. And th- you know, there's other peanut stuff we'll do, but I figured this is like the last big one we're gonna do for a while. Right, right. But I am glad that we have something strong uh, to close the year out with. Because uh, oh, yeah. this one, this is an interesting one. I feel like where where the other episodes where Thanksgiving and the Great Pumpkin were entertaining, this one is really just truly purely interesting. Right? Yeah, and I, you know, I decided to look at this because I've seen this hundreds of times over my lifetime now. Um, I'm extremely familiar with, with, uh, with A Charlie Brown Christmas, probably more than the others. I don't think, did I ever tell you that when I was a, a kid, I directed um, a play at my church of, of this? What? Yeah, I don't think I told you that. <laughs> All right, well, explain. I <laughs> I was like, maybe like 15, 16, and I directed a play uh, at my school, at, at my church rather, uh, because every year there is like a Christmas performance of some sort, and um, so like that the youth 
department puts on and my mom at the time was the director of the youth department so I kind of had a little pull there um that was You're that was the baby. I'm a nepo baby yeah which is a I, term I just learned yesterday. literally am a nepo baby. Dumb. it is but I was one at least within my church I was one which is even more pathetic but but anyway I Wolf. yes I I directed a production of a Charlie Brown Christmas at my church um and it was like true the script was like true to this and looking back I'm like oh my god I can't believe we got kids to like recite these lines some of these are lines are intense <laughs> right and it's also the meta-ness of like this whole like the overarching plot of this is Charlie Brown has to direct a play right and then you're directing a play with kids when it was so radical that all of the voices in this show were children. Right. Like, the layers of this are actually kind of incredible. But you know what I did, though? Uh, like, like my my uh, actual... Because I had a role in the play as well. I was actually Schroeder, and I was the accompaniment. What? I played piano for... Oh, I always forget you can play piano. Yeah. And looking... I was thinking about this today, and I had a moment where I was like, I was kind of talented <laughs> as a kid. Right, like I was. because I played all the that music like like that's in the soundtrack. I played that uh, live <laughs> for this performance. <laughs> Did you do the for Elise bit? Yeah. Yes, the bit where it's jingle bells. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did the whole thing. Maybe a top ten animation moment for me it because is. it is literally four <laughs> frames back and forth, right? And yet so much personality, so much contempt, right? <laughs> through facial expressions and the twinkly piano sound. Yeah. But I I just love that that this like first of all, the physics of him like crouched over this tiny piano, but that like they just make so many different sounds with this this like instrument like it's an organ for a little bit and <laughs> and it plays like traditional like or pipe organ music and then all of a sudden it's like a rinky dink. It's like a Fisher Price piano. Yeah, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, so that that is my history with a Charlie Brown Christmas. So I'm extremely familiar with with this. Yes, this. I mean, it. Like, look, this is the big one. This is of all the three major holiday specials. This is the one. And rewatching it, I always forget what the intro, it, the beginning of it is. It feel like it feels like it understands its place in Charlie Brown history. Absolutely. Like, it opens with this so it opens with this like moody shot of the snow falling as the kids are just like silently like as you know they're not singing christmas time is here that's just playing over as they like skate around right like and then we immediately come to a wall that kind of gives us our thesis statement which is like a weirdly moody thesis statement even by the standards of charlie brown yeah that is it that's so interesting it this opening scene really captures the the essence of like death that winter has and like this the stillness that like there is no growth there is no anything right. everything is still and resting and quiet and there is something kind of solemn about it right it like weirdly gets you into charlie brown's mindset of like man christmas is here but i'm just not feeling it right now like yeah and i'm like no wonder you're in you're in grayscale world everything's right gray. <laughs> yeah and you know what I don't know about you, but, you know, I kind of set a specific goal in mind for myself going into watching it this time around. And, of course, things feel different when you watch them as an adult. But I was like, you know, 
when I watch anything, I, I always ask myself, like, why did the filmmakers want me to see this scene or this line? Why are we watching right. them do this? Why does this matter? And for this, I'm like, I mean, my thesis is like, well, what is, like, that? that's what we have to investigate here. What is Charlie Brown's problem here? As opposed to all of his other problems. And, you know, it really yeah. does take, this is something that, that the film doesn't make obvious until the very end because it's it 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 does do a good job of kind of like hiding its hand a little bit in actually revealing like what would make charlie brown feel better but at the end of the day this is just another chapter in him feeling alienated from his peers and the solution to that is being like them kind of choosing him right i do think and like again in terms of what makes this one special of all of them, well, this is the one that the arc is, you know, it's, like, purely Charlie Brown's arc. Like, it's still an ensemble, so everyone's still involved. But I feel like Peppermint Patty is the one who learns the lesson in the Thanksgiving one. You know, the Hall- Great Pumpkin is all about Linus and Lucy. This one is a Charlie Brown story. And what's rare for a Charlie Brown story is he wins. Yeah. Like, the rules of Charlie Brown usually state he's not allowed to win at the end. He, right. You know, he has his moment at the wall at the end where he's kind of just like, well, ho-hum. Yeah. Whereas this one, he kind of wins unambiguously. Like, he gets a good tree, everyone's happy, and they're all singing together in a way, like an act of kindness that they usually don't grant Charlie Brown. And they, that they even truly... they're all nominally friends. That they truly haven't granted him this entire time, like, for the duration of this film, from the jump. Up until, like, right. moments ago, did they just, just kind of change their mind and be like, okay, well, we'll give this little stupid tree that's dead <laughs> a chance. It is it is kind of amazing. Like, simultaneously, the movie starts very subtle where you're just like, oh, classic Charlie Brown's in Malaise. But once it decides to have a message, it really, like, Delivers. goes all in. Yeah. Like, I've, I always forget the bit where they're in the tree lot and it's all artificial trees and they're given this, like, sickly pink color. Like, they're given this unnatural pink color. Right. And, again, these movies are master classes in, like, color. Right. Um, like, even just the, the line I sent you earlier... Like, when yeah. Snoopy's decorating his doghouse, which is weirdly, like, the only big Snoopy bit. Like, this one is surprisingly Snoopy light. Right. Which I think is interesting. Yeah. Which, again, I think underlines, like, this is the one they wanted to say something. This is the one they wanted to be, like, the special one. Um, and Charlie Brown says, my own dog gone commercial. Which is hilarious. Like, um, yeah. I think my favorite line, honestly, is when uh, after Lucy is done having her session with her client, Charlie Brown, at her... Um, well, there's there so many. For, for Lucy has some of the best lines in this. But when she gets her nickel for her work, and she has, like, truly, she has an aside of being like, ooh, money, 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 I love money Yes, just so out of much. nowhere. She's literally like a Shakespeare character who right. just turns to the audience for a second and is like, hold on, I'm just going to pause. <laughs> right. like, everyone else is just going to have to pretend time has stopped right. for me to do my thing. Could you imagine if you went to therapy <laughs> and you paid your doctor and your doctor was like, ooh, I love money so much. Ooh. Which, like, all right, money. look, this is a transaction. You're a doctor, you want to help. But, and, but I get, like, again, money's exchanging hands. I am doing, like, I am paying you so you can feed your children. Right. But also I can get help. But, yeah. <laughs> something, so 
so gnarly. Like, even just that. seeing the little text that, like, the pay account went through right. gets me a little, like, ugh, I feel icky about this. <laughs> right. But then when she, like, has a moment of being like, don't worry, Charlie Brown, like, I also feel sad around the holidays, like, and he's like, really? And she's like, yeah, when I don't get what I want, all I get is a bunch of dumb toys and clothes. And then he's like, what do you really want? And she says, real estate. And it's like, these are just, like, I, this is why I love Charlie Brown for these kind of jokes. <laughs> yes. I feel like we repeat a lot of our points, but it's like the fact that they are basically adults in kid body. Yes. Like, it's a very kitty thing to want to be like adults. And I do think that underlines the whole, like, why Charlie Brown is upset about the commercialism of Christmas. Like, that's such an adult problem to grapple yeah. with. And yet it's underlined, but like all of the characters kind of do it. Like other than Linus who has his like religious texting, but even that's like a very adult way of grappling with Christmas. Right. Of like trying to articulate it through the idea of like a savior being born. Lucy like, you know, shaking the coin and being obsessed with money. The real estate one also kills me because it's literally a bit from, I know, are you that particularly familiar with like the Green Lantern mythos? Not specifically, no. So in, like, the late 2000s, they decided to make the whole rainbow spectrum of lanterns and each one's a corresponding emotion. It was basically a way to retcon and basically be like, Jon Stewart, you're one of our, like, three or four prominent black characters. Well, fuck you. We're bringing the white guy back. Right. But um, anyway, so orange is greed, and there's only one orange lantern because when you get the orange ring, you get greedy and kill anyone else who tries to get one. I see. Um, and he ends up meeting Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor's like, I can give you anything you want, money, uh, boats, ships. And he's like, I already have all that. I need something else. And Lex Luthor pauses for a second and goes, property. And the <laughs> Orange Lantern just goes, I want it. Um, <laughs> it just gets me every time that, like, land ownership is, like, this magical it. thing. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, I don't know. I do like that. And even just something as little as, like, the kids, like, goofing off when they're supposed to be putting on this play, like, like, just, like, I don't know. That, it, it kills me. One, because I love, again, you're talking about, like, how much these kids don't respect Charlie Brown. That he's trying to organize this. Like, But he was kind of elected do, into this position, also. Yeah, they elected him into this position, and yet they're still like, cool, we're just gonna goof anyway. off. Anyway. Literally, every time you say action, we're gonna have our little jazz set. Right. Um. And I'm like, wow, this is the most accurate depiction of trying to do a rehearsal in the history exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> you know what I appreciate about this, weirdly, is that, you know, if you didn't know any better, you would think that this film is trying to say that commercialism is actually the point of Christmas and that the reason you're not having fun is because you're not willing to embrace it. <laughs> and it kind of weirdly has that message for, like, the first half of it, you know? Yeah, it's it's weird how it, like, tangles with that. Right. Because at the same time, it's like, yeah, ultimately their solution is to decorate the tree and make it, like, really gaudy and, like, vibrant. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily refute the commercialism. It's just like, oh, the commercialism is a part of it, and you kind of have to just learn to find joy through, like, your friends and through the fun they have. Right. Because, like, at the end of the day, the kid's dancing. They're just goofing around. They're celebrating Christmas. And right. Charlie Brown's the one's like, no, no, no. This all has to be about something. We have to have a point. This is art. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know what the killer to all this is? What? The reason why this special ended up getting made is because the Coca-Cola company wanted a Christmas special to sponsor. And they were like, <sighs> peanuts, can you do it? 
and they're also like cool you get six months to make it which is insane oh my god when you're literally starting from we have a pitch and nothing else right we have the basic idea of some winter scenes and a school play uh so good luck which well <laughs> one it underlines like how funny it is that the whole thing is just about the commercialization right. and like the gaudiness of christmas but also it just really is a testament to like so much of our best art is made in complete calamitous scenarios right like again I, I, it's always the Wizard of Oz I cite where I'm like, oh, this is a perfect movie, and yet every single thing that could have went wrong went wrong. Linda Hamilton suffered severe burns multiple times. Right. You know, you know like everything, they went through like five directors, poor Judy Garland, that, like that's when things already oh, started God. to get bad for her, and they're basically just giving her whatever to get her on right. stage. yeah. Like every little thing that could have went, they had like, they had asbestos on set. <laughs> Everyone was getting asbestos poisoning. Um, yeah, I, it, like, it's insane that this is what the Coca-Cola company paid for. It's also kind of hilarious, um, and I think you just said that, uh, <laughs> that a film with a message about commercialism is just fueled by more capitalism, but... <laughs> well, I think that's, like, well, that's a testament to that UPA, and especially that Charles Schultz right. energy. He, like... Like, Charles Schultz's humor style is wry. It's a little, like, jabbing and, yeah. like, haha, I'm, I'm trick, like, almost like I'm tricking you guys. Yeah. You know what I found interesting? Um, I had a moment watching this uh, where, where Linus is about to make his, you know, grand speech from the Bible. Um, and I was like, it's the 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 camera kind of like pulls out and you get to see like the full theater and you're like wait a minute oh and then he he asked for lights and i'm like are people working with you <laughs> i have a kind of like weird fourth wall moment where i'm like wait a second are there other like adults are there adults involved in this in some way like you're you're in a real theater right now like these aren't just kids like messing around <laughs> Where do they get the resources? That's one of the magical things about Peanuts, where it's like the presence of adults is always implied or suggested right. or like, and yet they're given a big sandbox to be their own adults. Right, yeah. With the comfort of knowing like, well, if anything ever went really wrong, we'd have an adult figure step in and keep things from getting bad. Right. And that's why they can just have hijinks and like their little moments of play and like right. introspection. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But this is, you know, I mean, I think this takes the cake for probably the most iconic Charlie Brown installment. Oh. I mean, easily. There, there's, there's a reason why they've done multiple Christmas specials. That's the one holiday they've done multiple Christmas things for. Because right. you're always trying to make that magic strike again. I mean, if you close your eyes and say Peanuts, I feel like four out of the five things you see, like maybe eight out of the ten you're going to see are probably something from here. That shot of just everyone dancing together is kind of like the quintessential oh, Peanuts yeah. moment. It is. It's got the theme song. It's got the like goofy animation. It's right. got Snoopy just rocking the hell out on a guitar. Yeah. Everyone you know, it's got Schroeder jamming. That. Yeah. And even you know at at the mall the other day we we have a, a Hallmark store and like this time of year mm -hmm. like it's all Peanuts. Mm -hmm. Like I think more than any other holiday, Peanuts probably is the most synonymous with um, Christmas. It's it's the store that has the peanut stuff that somehow saturates itself with more peanut stuff. Right, exactly. 
I also think it's so interesting because again, it's this like this special is nominally anti-commercial. It's nominally about like, man, commercialism really takes the soul out of this holiday, and you know you have to like, you know, the holiday is about like acts of kindness and being there for each other and right. like ha- having fun with your friends. And yet Peanuts, and it really is a testament to Peanuts, and we've talked about this before, where it just kind of perfectly balances that line of, like, commer- too commercialized but not commercialized enough. Mm. Like, we talked about the spectrum of, like, Calvin and Hobbes, the guy, after some point, he's just like, I'm taking my ball and going home. Stop yeah. trying to sell plushies of Hobbes. Mm-hmm. And Garfield, where it's just like... Did you say plushies? Milk- more, more, yeah, more this, plushies. Yeah, more, more, more. <laughs> like the cow is still dead, but we're going to keep kicking it until some right. more milk comes out. Exactly. Whereas this, it's like, it's kind of one of the most commercialized properties we have where it's like peanut stuff is everywhere. And right. yet it still feels special when you see it. And I just, I yeah. wish I could understand. If more people could understand how to do that, there would be more, bil- well, Honestly. there'd be more billionaires in the world. But, right. <laughs> like it almost feels like alchemy. Yeah, that is a really interesting point, and I feel like we did bring that up before, but yeah, how, how the Peanuts simultaneously feels everywhere, but but still sort of sacred. Yeah, and that's, like, why you make these holiday specials, because when you, like, basically own holidays, right. you're like, we gotta watch a holiday special, a Peanuts holiday special. Right. It makes it feel more special, like, it's like, oh, this is an event. So, like... You almost your brain almost doesn't notice peanuts until it's time for one of the oh, right. specials, and then That's you're exactly like, "Ah, homework, yes." Here we are. Yeah, this is where this belongs. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You know what my favorite bit from all this is? And no one ever references this. It's when they introduce Charlie Brown as the director, and everyone's clapping, and out of nowhere <laughs> you start hearing, "Boo!" Yeah, he howls. <laughs> Boo! And then they all part, and you just see Snoopy in the background, looking sheepish. I love... Okay, wait, no, but my favorite part is when Charlie Brown brings back the tree and they, like, are like, what is wrong with you? And they all laugh and, like, Snoopy is laughing, like, the hardest. <laughs> like, pointing and laughing at Charlie Brown, like... Yeah, right. he just dunks on the person who keeps him alive. And there's no... And, again, it's all <laughs> capped by Charlie Brown looking directly at the camera. No, this like, there's no life. eye line. Yeah. He's just looking at us and going, man's best friend. I mean, I really think, like, again, even though this was, like, probably the most rushed of the ones they made, it really is the finest distillation of, like, kind of everything I think makes Peanuts special. Like, everything we've talked about for these last three episodes, kind of, we could be like, this is the best example of that. Like, yeah. Like, sort of the simple but expressive animation, the little vignettes, like, we didn't even talk about that. I always forget that little bit where they're just playing with the snowballs, and it's like, that doesn't need to be there, but it matters that it's there. Yeah, and you know, it's it's even more fascinating that, that you mentioned that this was a rushed project because we were complimenting, like, how well it does this grand ensemble thing. And that, like, all of these vignettes are so special. And they, this one, like, is the best example of, like, giving each character sort of a really unique moment. And I even didn't realize Pen gets how, a moment. I was just going to say, like, oh my gosh, Pin. Pigpen not only has a moment, but he has an opinion about his own, like, dirtiness. And for them to, like, utilize this uh, special to make a comment about, like, how Pigpen feels about himself. (laughs) Right. A character whose whole bit is just, well, you all know that one kid who insists on rolling in mud and eating bugs. Right. Exactly. And, like, 
again, going back to that snowball bit, what I love about it is that, like, Charlie Brown walks into the scene. It's already happening. And then he just joins right. in, which is the most kid thing of, like, oh, we're playing a game? Okay, let's play. I am too, yeah. And then that yeah. one kid being like, you all are doing it wrong, and I'm going to show you how yeah, to do yeah. it right, and I'm smarter than you guys, yeah. <laughs> but stuff like that, things like, you know, it's got maybe the best soundtrack. Like, oh, Christmas 100%. time. Like, that's just, that's iconic. Like, They're it iconic, yeah. etches itself into the holiday. Right. Um, you know. Hark the hair. Like, again, that's a Peanuts song now. They, like, Peanuts More than that. anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make their own songs and then literally take, plant their flag into other people's songs. <laughs> right. You know, it's the best use of all the characters. It's got some of the right, funniest lines. It's got the most iconic lines. Like, it almost, like, I almost feel like we could have just done a five-minute episode where we said, Charlie Brown Christmas is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, it is like it's one of those institutions that just is what it is exactly to the to the point where it's like you know i'm glad that we're talking about this but we've just sort of reiterated (laughs) with more emphasis the things that we've highlighted in our previous episodes about this yeah it's like the peanuts are the peanuts and if you know what the peanuts are you probably love it